Hi hello and welcome to Saturday Architecture. Please do subscribe and share your feedback on all the episodes that you hear. Your feedback is very important to us. Have fun listening to this podcast. This is Kumaran your host. It is hard to change components on the fly. What if we have to do it for software components in production systems without bringing them down? Let us check it out. Hi all, welcome to another episode of Saturday Architecture. Uh, we have Nishant, Venkat, and Deepak uh, with us. And uh, what I thought we would discuss now is uh, let me start by a simple joke. So. there's a heart surgeon who takes his uh, car to the mechanic for repair and then uh, the mechanic asks the heart surgeon sir uh, what do you do he says uh, i'm a heart surgeon he says oh okay so what do you do exactly he says no i work in the heart it's like the engine of the human body i work on that make sure that it works he says oh just like what i do i i work in the heart of the car you work in the heart of the human bite both of us pretty much do the same thing is this pretty much but then there is just one small difference you have to fix the car when the car is running not when it stopped that is the difference between what i do and what you do <laughs> okay <clears throat> so as architects how is it that we fix the car while the engine is running right so that's been a serious challenge for uh me I, especially with within tiny magic the application that we want to do we want to come up with the next version of what we are having now uh, it's a major revamp uh the screens the api the backend engine i mean it's it's not just an incremental development it's a completely new thing and uh, it's been pretty frustrating for me and with all my years of experience i just not been able to move it it's like 16 months close to right and that's very frustrating and the unfortunate thing is this i have a version which works well now that kind of disincentivizes the pressure to get the new thing out also so it's kind of counterproductive i have something great okay and i have something good enough right so the great is not getting a chance to come out because i've got something good enough okay and the business pressure I'm, is I'm, on i'm i'm itching i'm itching to take the analogy further <laughs> <laughs> okay so this is my frustration right and i really don't have an answer for this right we try something so i thought that's what we would explore uh, here so i, I, I will similar I will situations take, problems so i i will take your uh, heart surgeon analogy a little further right because actually that means that is as close to reality as it can be in terms of what you are trying to do right you are trying to fix something which is running so one thing which which the heart surgeon did not mention is how does he actually do it how does he fix a a, a heart which is actually running so they have something called as a heart lung machine which actually performs the function of the heart and lungs while he is operating on the actual thing which means your blood and and oxygen is being pumped through an external thing while the heart surgeon is operating on your 
actual heart which is supposed so it's basically bypassing your heart and fixing your uh, uh, running heart so it is actually stopping your heart fixing it while running an external heart for heart and lung machine for you so so think about it in this way where is your heart lung machine when you are trying to do this okay so uh nishant venkat deepak uh any situations in your thing you have faced something similar to this yeah uh, uh venkat you want to go first or? please please go ahead sir yeah uh, this is it this is a typical problem that uh, in i think in the software industry especially when we have to upgrade the things with new steps or new functionalities or doing some fix uh, which is actually uh, may not be an issue which is occurring very frequently but still we have a better solution for that and we are uh, finding a solution to apply the fix without impacting the existing system so uh, and generally in the airline industry in the airline software actually uh, we have a very strong or we have a very strong sla agreement sla things with customer 99.99% availability of the system so in such a contractual things this has more relevance like how we have to apply or upgrade the system or apply fixes uh, while the system is running and that, that too without any outage so in in such a context actually whenever we have a new functions to be developed or a patch to be applied the this is one of the criteria that we always uh, cross check how we can apply this without having an outage because that is a contractual agreement 99.99 percentage yearly system availability mm-hmm. so we have only that that percentage of times for the outage <coughs> to apply something big first <laughs> all things we have to manage uh, in a different way so uh, we have actually uh, we are following different things like uh, uh, we all know like this system rolling upgrades like uh, multiple uh, redundant servers will be running and the fixes will be applied in a rolling fashion uh, apply the things the fix or apply the release in the upgrade in one of the server and uh, first we will make it offline and then apply the fix uh, in that server and then do a sanity internally and then make that server uh, online and make the next set of servers offline do in a rolling mode that is one thing and uh, another things uh, we used to like uh, whenever we built a, build a functionality we should have some mechanism to control it dynamically through configurations and even that configuration what we used to check is like we can um, uh, change the value uh, while the system is running and reflect the changes immediately after change it without having any server restart that is another thing uh, for uh, switching on and off a functionality or to changing the behavior for functionality and uh another aspect actually we even though we uh, even though we had such a things actually we haven't heard much the like uh, real time instrumentation and changing the behavior in a real time by injecting some codes real time and change, change the behavior or uh, let's uh, let's take a case like assume we have a, a null pointer exceptions when a particular code is running 
mm. and we know that 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 will occur or when some values getting null from the uh, from the request or the, from the inputs given by the customer okay so we we have to take the things or the real time instrumentation with uh, instrumentation like uh, even though the values null we have to populate with some dummy value in that code and that have to do with the instrumentation things so sim- so uh, as i said these are the few aspects that we used to follow to meet the uh, very challenging 99.99% system availability for because uh, it is quite normal like we have this uh, monthly patches or the major r&ds and all these things has to reach the customer environment mm. and that uh without impacting their existing live operations <laughs> okay so that's actually uh, interesting tips there on the slas and the uh, workarounds for that uh yeah and, and, and uh, kumaran uh, so yeah. uh, my point is like actually here also this is uh, main uh, mindset like once even though if we have a uh, customer agreement or not if we set that as a basic principle to be followed for our software like our system should be uh, available for this much time in an year if we set uh, as a general principle as a, or, or as a principle in the software development cycle and give that pass on that information to all the engineers working behind that software then uh, i think automatically or it, it is kind of they are forced to do find some kind of mechanism to stick on that with that rule Mm. Okay, got it. Interesting. Uh, Venkat. Yeah, Kumaran. So, so whatever problem you are facing, you no, know, last sixteen or eighteen months, actually we are about to enter. <laughs> How wonderful! <laughs> okay. This uh, this Wednesday we are uh, starting our major revamp of our Aqua Connect app. so you even so it was a little uh, like i'm getting little nervous no when uh, it can be like completed though we have uh, like something uh, in our mind uh, how it can uh, like take it forward so is it like changing from your farm mojo to aqua connect no no like um, name change uh, we have already done it okay now we are doing the major revamp of our app itself so the, the, we okay. found we found like a lit, uh, uh, little um, the the customer uh, adaptability was uh, no much better if we if we change it to uh, like a uh, new uh, the the current version because the previous version we haven't done the much of user research as we are developing the farm mojo now we, we are like um, when we analyze the usage of the app and uninstall and install ratio it was not good so then uh, last uh, couple of month we are doing uh, we, we have done lot of uh, customer research we have done a lot of uh, modification in the app now we are going to the major revamp of the app itself so it is kind of new app that's both the mobile and the backend both your revamping or just the mobile part alone just a mobile just the front end so the api is all will remain the same um so the, the that's what i'm saying so in the uh, there are some little tweak we need to do in the uh, api is, itself 
So what we are planning to use instead of uh, right now it is a monolithic server. We uh, this version we wanted to adapt with the with the uh, like microservices. So this way like um, we can uh, in future if we want to do any uh, uh, like new feature add or uh, if we want to um, uh, to do some. Uh, some kind of, as you said, uh, our suggestions. I guess we no need to shut down the old system. So we can just work on the particular part where we are facing the problem, and we can uh, like try to re resolve. So it. in this case, it becomes even more trickier because you don't have control over the app. Like you said, the mobile application is going to change, right? Yes. Which means the I, I assume that pretty much the screen flow, everything from the login to the logout, the entire experience is going to be. Different. Am yes, I correct? So even we are also planning to change the design pattern itself. So it is oh. completely new app. Okay. Are you changing the front end technology also, or you're still using Flutter? No, no. We are still using Flutter. Only the design pattern changes. Okay. So then, in that case, right? You also have another challenge that some end users might be on an older version of the mobile application. Some will be on a new application. That is also an interesting challenge that uh, you might face, right? Do you have any uh, way to tackle that? Because if it's a web application, I know everybody is going to use a new version. Mm -hmm. But once it becomes a mobile app, right? Somebody might just not choose to upgrade or reinstall the latest version. How are you trying to... Uh, yeah. What's your plan for that? We are not going to break the existing APIs or backend. And uh, this, is, uh, this will be like, as you said, a completely new app. Whoever using the old app, we know uh, who are using it. We can track it through the mobile number. Either our EO officer will uh, uh, will contact them to upgrade the app for uh, for quite some time. We are not going to break it in a one day. We will be keeping it for a uh, old uh, old version app for uh, like another couple of months until we will we'll convince all the farmers to uh, upgrade to the app. Interesting. So. But in the App Store, it's just one application. It's not like you have yes. two applications. Yes, it's only one application. It's only one application. Any reason why you decided not to do a forced upgrade? Sorry? Forced upgrade. Forced upgrade? Um, we haven't done that bad uh, that stuff in the app itself. Oh, okay. Got you. Okay. Venkat, your experiences? So, so let, let me actually, so the, so this, uh, when I hear these problems, uh, this, this actually is a very standard problem and there are standard solutions available. Now I'm, I'm just, maybe I don't know, I'm preaching to the choir or whatever. You guys probably know this thing. So this is based on <clears throat> what are the standard solutions available. I'm not going to talk about something which I created or uh, something which is brand new. Some standard solutions already exist, right? So if you <clears throat> if you look at uh, so what Nishant actually talked about in the in the DevOps community, they call it feature switches, right? So so how do you how do you turn on and off stuff, right? Which is while while the system is in flight or system is in is running. So they, they call it uh, the, yeah, the terminology yeah. is called feature switches and, and they, there is now actually software available for you to manage these feature switches. So technically there is nothing uh, a feature switch. Feature switch is just something which is which is like bypassing your code. 
software which is basically converting your code into dummy and just if it will just bypass the the code path when when you turn it on uh, turn it off you go by bypass it and so on so forth right so there are there are standard services available one of them i know of is called launch darkly it's if you will search on it it's called launch darkly so they enable you to turn on and off features on the fly so but basically what it does it it gives you a control framework so you one is it gives you an sdk or whatever to put these features which is in the uh, in your code and then it gives you an external control that okay now this is your dashboard you decide uh, you want to turn this on turn this off so it is literally like your configuration settings in your mobile phone so you can turn it on turn it off so that that kind of thing is there so that is one uh, thing which is there for in flight feature testing you want to do it and and, and this is if if you think about it you are using this thing all the time whenever google says do you want to try new interface outlook.com says do you want to try new interface what are they doing they are just turning that switch on for you and hmm. for you that for you that interface comes out because the code path is changed for you just for you right so what the architecture is enabling for them is that it lets you change specifically by user is okay this user this interface this user classic interface how do they change it back it says okay i don't like it facebook has been doing this thing for quite some time now right say so, okay, okay i don't like this interface let me go back so that is that is feature switch is one standard way of doing testing in in flight so what you do is you write your standard application put one new thing in it put it behind the feature switch oh okay right so so you can turn it on you can turn it off at will without uninstalling or redeploying your whole whole application so that is that is one way of doing it other is <clears throat> just what curious, they call as does does this is it for web applications or does it work with thick client it should work for way? anything it should work for anything as long as see think about it if if your web app if your mobile application is going and talking to an api and mm-hmm. api is supposed to behave a certain way Right, you on or off of the basically you are changing. Right, so I, I know it mainly talks about web web applications, but I don't see any reason why the concept cannot be applied to any any kind of application. You are just basically bypassing some piece of code. Okay, as an archi- I am talking about in terms of architectural concept. Ah ah ah, got it. Yeah. Right. so so maybe launch darkly is only specifically for web applications or whatever but that concept can be applied by by any no, any application it's interesting i think i was just looking at the client libraries it has yeah. stuff for uh, swift react native yeah. xamarin javascript node js client yes. i think it's pretty much uh, comprehensive uh, yeah the <clears throat> server flutter also is that so i think server side of course yes that's a kind of given but i think yeah. on the client side also they have support with react and react native stuff yeah. interesting so so this is one 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 which is feature switch right okay so the other method is how you change whole server level means you built a whole new application one monolithic and one one microservices right so basically you have two versions of the same thing right so so what most cloud services do is they let you configure a sort of a let's say a, a gateway in front of it right there are various names that means i don't know sure what it calls it is an application 
gateway or basically it's a front end it's a front end which which takes in the requests right which takes in the requests and sends it to the specific uh, back end like a proxy it's like a proxy for, like like in, like a proxy but i have got the name in aws it is api gateway api gateway so api gateway yeah. see api gateways are much more actually uh, comprehensive i'm just talking about much more simpler things api okay. gateway actually have authentication and all those things you don't need that for for simple suppose let's say you want to test this thing only for 10% of your users right all you need is that traffic should get split 10% of the traffic should go to the new application 90% should go to the old application right where you are doing okay. this ab testing right mm. so this this gateway in front basically splits the traffic right and, and it sends it uh, to in both directions right uh, and <clears throat> the other way is you have this uh, uh in, in azure they call it deployment slots right so okay. so whenever you deploy an application if it is a web application pass or whatever pass mostly pass if you use a web app kind of a, a, a kind of a deployment so they give you deployment slots so mm. it is everything remains same so you say okay i want to deploy to uh, this slot so you will get two slots one is production or other is staging let's say right okay so you deploy to staging right and you swap the slots it is okay now staging becomes production production becomes staging if it works you test it for some time and if it does not it is okay swap back right that is how you reduce the risk of exposure right so these are the standard methods which are available sort of out of the box in the in in most cloud uh, that's a beautiful tip uh, application uh, yeah, yeah. so this uh, deployment slot right is that a azure thingy or uh... it's basically an azure thing but okay. i i believe same, similar kind of options are available across cloud platforms okay they may call it by a different name but the concept is the same mm okay so if you just put, uh, put a deployment slot equivalent in aws you will probably find it <clears throat> very nice so uh so basically these are i think um one is i think nishant kind of stopped about the uh technology rolling upgrades you're kind of knowing that you need to run it and then you need to change it on the fly and i think uh venkat is and deepak is more like from a functional aspect also correct um i think for uh no just if i just go back right i'm just thinking how i could do it um i'm still struggling because uh even at the core level right it's it's if i can uh, the 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 only similarity between both the applications is some parts of the functionality at the end user level looks same but if i just go one level deeper beyond the user data there's nothing else which is uh reusable so it's like even the fundamental login home page api that is needed right that itself is changed so i think it's kind of uh, stuck when you have something which is such a core change right where you're literally changing the uh <clears throat> fundamental core itself it's not something like uh 
I I still have to think more. So, so, see, see, this is a this is a classic problem which Microsoft has, which is which backward compatibility, right? So he, what you are looking for is backward compatibility. That somebody who is used to the previous stuff or somebody is using the older application, they should not get thrown out, right? What yeah, what is? See, there's there's two yeah. aspects to backward functionality, uh, backward compatibility. Okay, one is uh, I would say actually three. three attributes of backward compatibility okay the first and the most obvious is technology compatibility okay which right. is is the api same things like that okay the second is the um user experience okay what am i clicking how is it is it going to be same is it going to be different the third one is actually the toughest part uh it is uh the um expectation or the behavior mindset right if i have to just because i am coming up with a new version i expect the end users to change their mindset itself right and they have to think differently to use the application that is the uh, so there are three aspects to backward compatibility i'm struggling on all the three well i'm trying to change all the three at the same time which is probably I, I, I a think, problem i i i think uh, maybe i mean i will try to means this is my what i think i try to simplify stuff in my head i don't i i try to reduce complexity that is my sort of uh, uh, usual approach so what i'm going to do is i'm going to use whiteboard and try to draw what i think is the solution right so okay. don't you don't have to you don't have to uh, think about whether it is re- real or not okay awesome. okay okay So let's say this is this is your these are your users, right? So okay. uh, let, I'm just going to take uh, uh, some some. So these are your your old users, right? And this is your new users. Okay. Now now this is your old application, right? I'm just. I mean, I'm just trying to make it a very, very sure. crude, right? Okay. So I'm not, yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. going into the complexity of what might be there inside this application. I'm just going to say black boxes for me, right? And this is, this is, this is my uh, new application. Okay. Okay. Now, what the problem you have is how do you? Uh, let's say they have they have a common backend which is your uh, your database, right? i'm just saying this is your user data where stuff is right i uh, i'm assuming that there is uh, that is the common part that is that is that what you said um no actually i have two D- dbs itself will become two different dbs that's fine that's fine so let's say let's say there are there are two dbs right so the, let's say uh, this new one has its own db right correct right so but uh, there is there has to be some sort of uh, uh either copy or because some if some people go to the back old older database some people go to the new database you have a problem right so that is that is that is the problem you have right now yeah some kind of database syncing yeah yeah there has to be some kind of a database syncing there but so means you have two options one is anybody who's using the old one says force upgrade don't matter if the moment you hit the old one it just say okay send the message back you cannot log in anymore unless you upgrade that is that is the simplest and the most uh, uh, rude way of doing it correct 
right? He says, okay, I don't care if you have the this and this is this is actually not a not a very bad way. You can force upgrade it. Uh, at least people know, right? And the people who you work with, you know how they work with changes. So you can I decide think, when to fact, do it. In fact, like I would go ahead and say, be other than Microsoft, right? And probably old Java stack. None of yeah. the new age uh, things are really that uh, considerate for backward compatibility. They just yes. do two versions. After that, they say you're on your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that, that's that's what. Uh, so, you, so you have to, you have to decide what approach you want to take and and how how big is your user base? How rude you want to be? So you can just say, okay, uh, we just we are just drawing the line in sand. Uh, old ones will give you some time. we'll have both these things running uh, we'll do some synchronization for some time otherwise you have to go back or you can have uh, a some front end in front of it which will which you will see where is the request coming from and it will send it to the appropriate direction right and if this is coming here it will send it here right so this requires much more effort much more uh <laughs> consideration right so so this is this is the stuff which you have to build right or you can use the standard stuff which says okay you check version number at at entry level the api gateway which nishant was suggesting the api gateway can actually check what what version of application you are coming from and it will it will send the uh, request to the relevant application Hmm. Right. So, so this this is so, and this sort of thing also uh, is is very common with what they call as the strangler pattern. Right. Oh, when, okay. When so, if you are if you are looking for going from a monolith to a microservices kind of a environment, there is a there is a pattern called the strangler pattern. So this is the strangler pattern. They call it the facade. Okay. and i think so, one thing which also you suggested sometime back in this discussion is uh, that launch darkly is a kind of a technical implementation of the black box that you have drawn yes yes uh not really actually that is that that the launch darkly actually uh, is does not work that way so let me let me give you another example of how how launch darkly would work so mm. for launch darkly there is only one application So, oh so okay so there is only one application which is the new application right in the new application there is there is there is the old part and there is the new part right so what launch darkly does is if somebody comes in it will take them through old and new everything you you can decide you can decide whether this is on or this is off the new part is inside your so that there is only one application which is which you have deployed oh, okay 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 right i mean so launch darkly is at is 100000 feet level the concept is same but then any, once you get lower it's fundamentally different it's just one application got it okay yes yes so it's just one application you can turn on and off the features the new features which you want to do it i think the toughest uh, the other tough thing also is right is budget money and effort right? exactly like, because all, all these things are going to cost correct if you want it's to like run two application parallelly if the feature is x uh, yes. i think this is what is becoming for me it's practically been un 
unpredictable right like i'm mm. not able to estimate the additional cost uh, so for some time i was holding back new fetches mm. but after four months i was just holding back new fetches that's all mm. okay because the new one was taking more time and then i said okay to the old one i will start doing it i still haven't uh, so basically the feature which is in your old path right like let's say a mm-hmm. new functionality comes i'm adding it to the new app now i have to redevelop it on the newer one also even no because- actually you don't need to you don't need to do that why why do you need, why do you need to redevelop it okay so okay so maybe the use case is something like let's say um a user does something and i'm going to allocate points okay the old one went to a different set of tables the done definition in the old system is very different from the done definition in the new system and here it is instead of points you have something like scores which later gets converted to points so mm-hmm. at that level it changes so i have to redevelop okay. that same thing here so that's i think yeah. that's what i was it's like other than the user data right everything else is changed in the back end also <laughs> so in that case you see you have that you have to have the two systems running in parallel there is no there is yeah. no other option there is no other option for you to i think to it, it took me or, or you it's, give a time yeah, period and says okay it's so, almost like this running a monolithic and microservicing parallel because you are changing and <laughs> changing the entire stuff and only the data is Right. No, so actually, at least there you have a face saver. The microservices will kind of feed into or feed from the monolith, right? Like, like a facade kind of thing. In this case, there is another. Okay, so it's kind of weird. I'm moving from, <clears throat> for lack of thing, I'll say it's it's like I have one monolith, but that's not useful anymore. I have to go and build a. Oh, okay, okay, understand. Another uh, another one uh, completely like. <clears throat> let's take a it's and i think it's um, it took me a lot of time probably right i think if you if just as i'm discussing right i think i realize now i should have accepted from day one itself that there is no way i can do a uh, smooth cutover <laughs> i have to run both in parallel if i had come to that conclusion right uh so when i kind of look at it uh, so okay now this thing is giving me that if around let's say 12 months back i had told myself that uh or 14 months ago that there is no way i can easily cut over from here old will continue to run new will continue to run i think i would have handled it much better okay so i think uh somehow that was a blind spot for me <laughs> i mean I, i think i think that is that that should be the i think the first point uh to think about maybe that that is where everything should start because <clears throat> unless you have a what i will call this a roll out strategy right so so you think about it backwards so this is uh a technique actually it was very obvious now if i kind of have a structure to it right 
i would say is the we talked about the three things right backward compatibility functional compatibility and mindset okay now if we find that the new one and the backward uh, old one right have if you do a venn diagram of uh, newer world and old world and i put one on top of another and if that percentage right what laps between the old what can be same between the old world and the new world if it is anything uh, overlap is lesser than i would actually say 50% okay consider you are going to run both separately and architect for that in terms of rolling out or stuff like that I think instead of just doing the Venn diagram, if you just went with what is the user experience you want your users to have, that would have given you the answer. Yeah, I mean in that that okay. So I, I guess I was not clear I, when I meant that Venn diagram. It includes data, the user experience, user flow, okay. yeah, all aspects, all aspects, yeah, everything together, right? The system as a whole, the new world and the old world, right? So if it is. more than i am i am trying to solve the sequence of the solve problem solving so i'm saying oh okay 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 i am saying you start with what is the user experience i want to ha- have for uh-huh. this transition right that will start giving you the answers so you start working from the outside in instead of inside out so instead okay. of saying thinking what new feature and then how the end user says start with how you want the end users to feel i think i made this classical uh, anti pattern or anti fractal as we call in um, hypoha mm-hmm. right the anti fractal was looking at it from a technology perspective it's just again one of those things right bad habits man 20 25 years of a habit right it's not that easy fighting it. i think it's basically is looking at it from a technology and implementation uh, perspective whereas the tougher challenge was is around you know the irony is this i am the end user in this case i am the business <laughs> user also right <laughs> it's not that it's a separate team but still that blind spot got created <laughs> because you have to switch off some part of your technology brain <laughs> become a, a user correct so i was more thinking like a cto whereas the mentoring uh, the chief mentor role right mm-hmm. i think that guy didn't uh, i mean that's influence was very less on this so it was just and also i think the cognitive cost of trying to run two things in parallel is so high that the mind just shuts off it's a mindset i think uh, nishant or one of you were telling just now right mindset thing the mindset that you will have to run both especially for a technical guy the cognitive cost is so high that the brain shuts off it's like uh, they get reminded we go back to neuroscience right when an accident happens people black out because basically the brain doesn't want to record the painful experiences because it doesn't help you in life so similarly here when this happened there is a technical uh, blackout that happens to technologists i think probably that's something that we need to be aware of <laughs> let's call it technology blackouts to avoid ptsd <laughs> <laughs> no, have you any case... of you faced technology blackouts i'm just curious i think this happens all the times i guess it's just that we don't realize uh, because we don't self analyze that this is happening actually <laughs> yeah let's do so, so that's why it is it is difficult to even point out when it actually happened 
because mm. what, what do you remember is solving the problem you don't remember how you got there <laughs> correct okay or what all you ignored right yeah yes great discussion oh great discussion uh thanks all for joining i think it was pretty much fun and at least to me i realized there is another thing called technology blackout just like physical pain blackout which happens um uh, it's just great uh, talk to you all in another fortnight from now thanks again yeah. good to see you uh, venkat and uh, nishant again